0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 139 of At Odds Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. Adam, we are on the eve of Real Rumble Friday and the eve eve
1: of Real Rumble Saturday. I know, it just snuck right up on us. I feel like we just announced this like just yesterday, but uh, yeah, it's, it's tomorrow. I'm very excited. I have the whole weekend off to just kind of like build up and decompress from the wrestling. Uh, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I am excited, too, and
0: see, this is the thing, so the wrestling is, like, it won't be real until I'm there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm already of the mindset of, like, okay, great, it's this weekend, what are they announcing the next shows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I I almost got my hopes up listening to the Dan Champion media blitz that's been going on. <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. heard his appearance, uh, his... um. How would I put this, his altered appearance on Pod Van Dam this past week,
1: yeah, I heard uh that he was a big fan of Pod Van Dam's interview of Ultramandus Black, right, right? yeah, <laughs> and I don't know if you heard his appearance on the Pro Wrestling Illustrated podcast no, no, i didn't I didn't
0: hear that one yet. where he not only messed up the website for the for Mahoning,
1: mm.
0: uh, he messed up his own Twitter handle, which I give him, you know, he's on his fourth one. Yeah. (laughs) Tough to keep track. Um, But when putting over what the Mahoning drive-in does, Mm -hmm. he mentioned that they had actual David Lynch at the drive-in this past week. And the interviewer kind of pushed back and said, wow, really, David Lynch was there. And he goes, yeah, David Lynch, because they were showing like some Twin Peaks movie or something. So I figured he was there, right? (laughs) And again, um. But well, again, you know, people doing the media blitz, that's how we got Mantis on the show. And we're a weekly media blitz.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, one thing Dan is struggling to get his hashtag Dan Day right because he forgets to put the hashtag in half the time. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: <laughs> so another thing uh, to discuss, of course, the results are in uh, of our voting for the A show from this past week. And I did win going on to the finals.
1: Congratulations.
0: Yes, yes. I know Tim was pulling for you because he wanted the guy that beat him to make it to the finals.
1: Yeah, by some transitive properties, it would have made it so that he was like the second best hmm. and not just the guy I squashed in the first round on my way to greatness. Oh my <laughs> but you know what? I've been listening to all the because obviously a lot of our friends on the Soon to Be Name Network and otherwise talking about the episode. And a lot of them are like. You know they're like, oh, I really enjoyed Adam's show, but it was just weird. And you know what? Uh, here's the thing, Joe. You beat me by hitting a bunch of singles. You know, you were like, and, and sometimes you got to win a baseball game hitting singles. But I lost the game, but I lost the game hitting home runs. That's the way I see it. Yeah, you don't you you, you don't hit home runs if you don't try to hit home runs. <laughs> yeah
0: but i'm I'm not a baseball man, but I bet you the man who has the most home runs also has the most foul balls and strikeouts. Yeah, right.
1: you know I fouled a bunch of them off on my shin, too, right. You might have uh... leaned
0: you might have leaned into a pitch at the end there, too.
1: Well, I really don't want to do that reverse show where you pick the other guy or you pick your opponent's uh, roster. (laughs)
0: Well, so that's so that's the thing, right? Uh, So there's two polls up currently. Um, DJ uh, going on to be my opponent in the finals. There's about three days and change left as of this recording. Um, And it's it's weird that the poll for what the finals is going to be ends before the the poll for who's going to be in the finals ends. But again, I don't make Twitter polls, so I don't know nothing. Yeah. Um, but DJ's close. Uh, you know, uh, I think he's up by 55, which is still not comfortable enough for me to feel safe. So if you haven't voted for DJ and that, I'll include that in the show notes. But the options for the finals would be UWF all-time roster, uh, rebooking Heroes of Wrestling, um and then the AEW roster, uh, but it's like reverse draft, like I draft DJ's roster, he's used to put a show together, and vice versa. So um that's the one that's winning currently, the reverse AEW roster, and that's the one that I want to win.
1: Yeah. I, I um, went ahead and used all of my Socco accounts to dump a bunch of votes into that one.
0: Perfect. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um just that when you get to Heroes of Wrestling. It's like you're looking at a day in wrestling and you have to look at everyone in the wrestling world on that day who's not signed by WWF and WCW, right? Mm. So it's a very wide net. Then with Herb Abrams, UWF, there's like almost like two or three completely different rosters that you're booking from. And then you now have to mingle these two or three rosters together. So if it was just like, the first roster, the second roster, the third roster. Okay. We could work from something now, current day, AEW, you know, obviously there's a lot of, you know, um, questions to be had of how this is going to work. I would assume that it's going to be like either contracted talent or people that have at least appeared on dynamite. Because if we start dipping into like roster, forget about it. You know, it's going to be, more people than Heroes of Wrestling, UWF, and everything else combined.
1: Yeah. You'd have, like, Nightmare Factory students and stuff like that.
0: Like, anyone that was on a Nightmare Showcase is included. I'm like, oh, boy.
1: Well, I I think I brought this up before. I think there needs to be a limit of draft rounds as well, you know, because eventually you'll start hitting good wrestlers if you're, like, if you keep Um... going 20th round, 30th round, maybe.
0: What co- what constitutes as a good wrestler, Adam?
1: Somebody that you would want to watch a show that they are on.
0: Okay, well, that's you or me or DJ or someone else. But, mm. you know, there might be a fan out there of Brandon Cutler, let's say. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure he's a nice guy, but um, I can't think of a match that he's had that's knocked my socks off, you know? Um, yeah. The Librarians,
1: you know? Um <laughs> That's a steal right there, a two-for-one pick.
0: Right, but that's the thing. They haven't been the librarians for months, so it has to be, like, some sort of window. You just can't do—I don't think you can do an all-time lifetime AEW roster. There has to be some sort of parameter set. So I'm hoping that when that poll closes and then we have a week after that to figure it all out— That we can all come to some sort of common ground and figure things out from there so I could start working my reverse draft.
1: Plus, you have to figure, when you get to the seventh round, the Adam Van pick, you guys have to pick, like, the worst wrestler from another company. Now, see, that's the thing.
0: Do I pick the worst—now, well, I don't want to give away my strategy, but do I pick the worst wrestler from somewhere else— Or do I pick, like, a really good wrestler for them now to try to figure out what to do with them (laughs) with all these drags,
1: you know? Yeah, Yeah, that's a good question. But, uh, well, good luck when you make your appearance. Uh, I I wish you bring the championship here. That way, uh, by Tim's logic, I would be the second best drafter because the guy who beat me would be the champion and uh, uh i don't know if it works that way i think that would make dj second best and you know then
0: you and george would have to have some sort of playoff but
1: whatever <laughs> i you know what i think as much as i feel my appearance on the a show has been a breath of fresh air i think i need to to sit back for a little while uh let other people go in there let them have a return to normalcy and uh then when uh wcw 2000 rears its ugly head maybe uh, season three or something like that. I'll tell you what, Joe, I already have my idea booked and it might break the show. So let's save it for a while.
0: Well if you saw they already announced um that one of the like season two episodes that are coming up is going to be the Boar. Uh they haven't announced who his opponent is, but they did say it's going to be uh WCW nineteen ninety four, which is about as good as a roster you can get. You know, you can book almost two completely different promotions, you know, prior to the summer and post the summer, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, ninety-four is no two thousand. I want to say that first. And plus I don't want to pull my shenanigans with the boar. He's big and scary.
0: Uh he you're half right. He's big, but he's not scary. He's <laughs> a he he's a doll. <laughs> so anyway, I don't want to I don't want to blow up anybody's spot and expose them for being, you know, nice or something. Um, but now, Bor doesn't put it out there that he's, like, some sort of horrible person, you know? No, I don't mean that. I just mean, like, he might beat me up. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. All right. So enough about that. Let's get into this.
1: And now, At Odds with Wrestling presents... This Day in Wrestling History.
0: Be this day in wrestling history, and it's going to be kind of a slipshod this day in wrestling history. Uh, we're going to got, kind of go from somewhat importance to least importance, and so on and so forth, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, on this day uh, in wrestling history was World Wrestling Entertainment uh, Judgment Day in two thousand one. Um, a very a very interesting card. This was. During was this yeah, so this was right before the invasion stuff was about to begin. Um where about oh boy, we're about a pay-per-view away from Benoit getting injured and being out for the entire va- invasion. Where the next night on Raw's when Triple H like blows out his quad stomping on a punch and he's <laughs> out for the entire invasion. Uh, but this is a you know a, a very interesting pay-per-view all things being said you know the Kurt Angle Chris Benoit uh two out of three falls match for the medals uh Benoit and Jericho becoming the tag team champions you know the two-man power trip stuff but it's also China's last match in world wrestling entertainment
1: hmm okay uh, yeah, yeah that's like, all blurry I, I, yeah. I would have figured it would have been later
0: no this was it man like She beats Lita. Um, There was some, you know, disputes over her being kind of pushed down to being like a women's wrestler as opposed to what she was before. Mm. And, uh, you know, obviously it led to uh, some disagreements and stuff. But, yeah, this was her last match. All
1: right.
0: Uh, So there was another Judgment Day on this same day in 2007. A rather uneventful show that I'm not even going to mention. Also on this day... In 2012 is the Chikara event Anniversario, the Ogue and I from the Highland Ballroom in Manhattan.
1: Oh, that sounds uh, interesting. I, yeah, I'd this, like to watch that.
0: <laughs> this this would have been the homework assignment for this week, uh, but this will be the homework assignment in like three weeks when I get to assign homework again, whatever the hell it is, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but a very interesting card, Dasher Hatfield versus Colt Cabana. Uh, Soldier Ant and Green Ant versus Los Ice Creams, 3.0 versus 17 of the Shard. Uh, Eddie Kingston versus Jigsaw in the main event, and Sarah Del Rey versus Mako Satamora. Uh, and various and sundry other things as well. Now, also as I mentioned, as we bounce around, uh, also on this day was a rare ECW doubleheader in 1995. Uh, this was part of the weekend events of the Malenko Guerrero classic where Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko had three matches over the course of two days to see who would be the better man shock. It ended up in a draw. Eddie won one night, Dean won the other night and the other night ended up in a draw. Uh, but this day, the afternoon show at the Flagstaff in Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, Is my second ever ECW show I ever went to.
1: Okay. I think Uh, uh, Flagstaff might have been my second as well, but it wasn't for like another year or two.
0: Yeah. uh, I was at the Flagstaff show the month prior. Flagstaff typically would run the Friday night before the ECW Arena events, but this one, because like they did like this weird doubleheader thing, they got a Saturday. So the event from the Flagstaff was uh, Stevie Richards against Hack Myers. The Tasmaniac versus Raven uh, in their only encounter mm. ever. Uh, Tommy Dreamer versus Ron Simmons, which sounds like a very odd match on paper. Hmm. Uh, Shane Douglas versus Two Cold Scorpio. Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> Sandman versus Cactus Jack. And in the main event, it was a six man tag match of Stevie Richards working double duty and the Pitbulls taking on the public enemy and. Local promoter, Doug Flax.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay, so he was, like, the guy, I guess, that got them the building or whatever it was.
1: So He's he was, like, a,
0: right, he was a local, like, jamoke, and he got to have this match. Like, he did an angle on the previous Flagstaff show, and then he did this match on this Flagstaff show, and he never was seen ever again wrestling on a Flagstaff show. Um, th- before this event... Um, you know, when me and my buddies drove from uh, northeastern Pennsylvania down to Jim Thorpe, on our way there, because this was back in the days when, you know, they didn't outlaw the fans from bringing the weapons and so forth, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: On our way there, we stopped at a couple yard sales <laughs> to bring stuff as weapons. And one of the items that we brought, and there's maybe a very small handful of you that have heard this story, uh, but if you have not, then... Uh, and it was something that we we brought in and it, we handed it to them as they were brawling through the crowd. And then the whole time we're waiting for them, to, waiting them, waiting for them to use it. And then at one point, Rock-a-Rock picks it up, looks at it, and just kind of shrugs his shoulders and like smashes it over one of the pit bulls head. And that was a ceramic bust of Abraham Lincoln.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did it shatter?
0: Yes. <laughs> and we went crazy. Like, it was a bunch of us um we just went out of our minds it was awesome um uh, but yeah it was very uh, again second time i ever went to the ecw uh, to see an ecw show um again i would regularly hit the flagstaff shows up until october and then uh you know we'll get to october when we get to october you know
1: yeah the first time i ever went to the flagstaff uh i was 16 maybe 17 And I'll tell you this, I drove down, and at the time, I needed glasses. Like, I still wear contacts at this point, but I needed glasses, and I refused to get them. And I was not the best night driver. Uh, And I don't know if you know this, Joe. The Flagstaff is in an area where there's not much by way of streetlights or anything like that. Correct. I, I almost drove off a mountain. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I was like, is this the streets? And I came within a couple inches of just driving off of a cliff because there was obviously no GPS. You're trying to look at handwritten in directions in reverse to go home. Uh, it was not my brightest day. I think I got contacts shortly thereafter.
0: Yeah, that'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah. But to get to the Flagstaff, like you have to take the turnpike. You have to drive up a mountain. Yeah. down a mountain, and then up a very steep mountain.
1: Yeah, um, it might have been my descent from the steep mountain that almost got me.
0: Yeah, that'll do it to you. But there was a time last year, pre-pandemic, where my wife and I went to go see Artie Lang in that area at some theater and stuff. And if we had more time, I was going to be like, oh, let's go look to see what the Flagstaff looks like. Is it still standing? Or has it fallen off the side of the cliff that it was on? <laughs>
1: just a big landslide
0: (laughs) exactly um but last but not least and again it's crazy to think about but on this day uh 10 years ago macho man randy
1: savage died yeah i mean he was already as, as you saw from watching the uh dark side of the ring he was already out of the public eye for a while you know he was getting his shit together and it just came out of nowhere you know yeah he really hadn't done much like
0: an as- uh, assorted appearance here or there um and I think maybe the summer prior he did a thing with Mattel at uh san diego comic con where like he wasn't there, but he did a video mm. announcing them doing like a a line of macho man figures like a a bunch of new macho man figures yeah. And that was, like, the first time people had seen him in, like, maybe five years in any sort of public whatever. And everyone's like, oh, well, maybe this means, you know, this is how they're going to get Macho Man to do something, like, with WF proper again. And uh, it never happened, and that sucks, man. You know, but, um, you know, I saw uh, Bix tweet out today that, you know, 10 years ago, the passing of Macho Man was kind of like this thing that kind of got wrestling back into the mainstream again in a really weird way because macho man was such a big character during so many people's formative years of being a wrestling fan and then his passing becoming like a huge news story it kind of got a bunch of people back uh on the like got wrestling back on the radar of a lot of people
1: yeah and he for me he's one of those guys that like I always appreciated Macho Man, you know, growing up, watching him in WWF, watching him in WCW. But I didn't realize until after he was gone, like, how high up he ranks amongst my favorite wrestlers. You know, it was, it took like him passing for me to be like, holy shit, I really liked Macho Man, you know? And sadly, that happens too often with a lot of these guys.
0: Yeah. You know, and as a kid growing up, you know, I was never a hulkamaniac. I was always a fan of yes, the bad man. guys. Um, And Macho Man was, like, the, like, after WrestleMania 1 was, like, the bad guy who was primed against Hulk Hogan, you know? He, Mm -hmm. even when he was feuding with Tito Santana, he would regularly cut promos on, like, I'm beating Tito Santana so I could become the Intercontinental Champion to become the World Champion, you know? yeah. Um, And Macho Man was just always one of my favorites, like, growing up. Kind of fell off his WCW run a little bit just because I wasn't watching WCW for, like... 94 95 until like the nwo stuff but uh you know macho was always like a guy he you know even in even though he was like an over-the-top giant cartoon himself um there was always like an air of danger when the macho man was on the screen you know especially in those later (laughs) years
1: (laughs) now let me ask you this obviously you know we saw in the dark side of the ring documentary that by the time he had passed, he had basically put in wrestling behind him. You know, he wasn't really doing much, uh, as you mentioned, the toy thing. Do you think if he had, you know, obviously, he had, if he had not died in that car crash, if he would have ever mended fences, if we would have gotten the Hall of Fame induction or something to that effect? Or was the bridge burned too badly? In your opinion. He would have absolutely been back. Yeah.
0: Um, if they got warrior and they got Bruno, they absolutely would have got Macho Man.
1: You think it would have been, you know, trips knocking on the door type deal? Probably.
0: It, it, and that's the thing. It might've been after Bruno and after warrior, um, maybe definitely after Bruno, maybe not after warrior, maybe after warrior, you'd be like, all right, maybe I need to stay away yeah (laughs) um but i think if macho and again i want to make sure that i have my timeline correct here you get typing i apologize Um, right so bruno ends up going into the WWE hall of fame two years later um so if macho was still alive i think uh, him seeing Bruno go in, they would have got Macho after that.
1: Okay, I mean, I would have loved to have seen it. You know,
0: yeah. And he ends up going in as part of like the Poffo family, whatever, whatever, right? Mm. But still, um, it would have been, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna do?
0: All right, so uh, that's it for this day in wrestling history. Like I said, a little bit bigger of one, just because I had that. ECW story, of course. Let's get into likes and dislikes from this past week, Adam. And again, of course, I'll defer to you.
1: All right. As always, I like to go ahead and uh, steal something that I know you're going to talk about if I'm also going to talk about it and do it right off the rip. Uh, And I'm going to go with the dislike. Obviously, this could fit easily in either category, but I shall explain and I will be quick and I will defer the rest of my time to you, Joe. And that is two days ago, the WWE releasing a bunch of folks uh some of them not necessarily deserving shout out Jay clemens shout out to uh brandy lauren but obviously some other shout out brandy lauren oh yeah (laughs) hit me up Uh, but obviously there's available uh, from what i hear oh uh so obviously there's there's a name that it's getting all the headlines and uh the reason why this is in my dislikes uh, i do not dislike the fact that your boy drake warts was released I dislike the fact that he was released amongst all these other people, and it was kind of, in my eyes, seen as, oh, we'll just mix him in with these other guys, and it'll just seem like a, a, a you know a salary dump, a roster cut, whatever. Uh, his release should have been on its own on an island with a press release with trumpets blaring and being shouted off the rooftops. Uh, Now, I get that today we had the pleasure of seeing that Velveteen Dream was released, and that was, as far as I know, by itself. Um, But again, to no fanfare uh, on the WWE's part, I think that uh, obviously these releases should be a, hey, noted scumbag was released by our company, we apologize, and we will try to not let this happen again. And the fact that it was just kind of mixed in with the other releases, uh, that bothered me. but. Happy to see him gone. Don't let the door hit him on the way out. And do not book him in the promotions. But uh, the rest of the time is yours, Joe.
0: Well, again, you kind of shit over my entire segment here for this. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely 100% completely. But that's why we don't rehearse beforehand. So I did have in my dislikes, of course, the folks that were released from NXT. Uh, you know, Vanessa Bourne had a great look. Uh, I think they did not. I think they might have used her once in 14 months. Uh, Jessamyn Duke, uh, was part of Ronda's crew. Um, you know, she essentially got paid to sit at home and play video games for four years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kavita Devi, I'm not really sure who that is. Alexander Wolf was literally on NXT just this past week. Um, Skyler's story is Brandy Lauren's new fake name. Uh, she got like one segment on TV in a hot tub with, uh, Damian Priest. And if that's not, uh, cursed, I don't know what is. That was a great segment, though. (laughs) Right. Uh, Ezra Judge, who uh, apparently people should be sending thank you notes to. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: uh, the saddest one, of course, Jake Clemens getting released. Uh, Real bummed about that. But if anyone could land on their feet, it's Jake. Uh, A lot of people claim that they're hustlers when it comes to professional wrestling. Jake legitimately is a hustler when it comes to professional wrestling. Uh, He got his job at WWE through sheer grit, busting his ass, doing exactly what he needed to do, uh, and then some, at sacrifice of a lot of different things. And now that he's back on the Indies, I would not be surprised to see him somewhere else in the near future.
1: He was just announced by AIW he will be at the Broski and Meyer show.
0: Right, of course he will be. (laughs) And I wouldn't be surprised to see Jake make his way back to WWE at some point in the near future. Uh, But that's my dislikes, okay? (laughs) Stole my dislike. Because now I'm going to piggyback onto that with a like. All right. I like the fact that World Wrestling Entertainment released uh, not only today by itself, uh, Velveteen Dream, but also Drake Younger yesterday. Um, Now, I like the fact that he's unemployed, and I like the fact that he was released as part of a group of people because if he was released by himself singled out for the horrible things that he has been doing for well over a year and WWE has, maybe they suspended him once and they took away, like it's one of those things where uh, Dave Vettel has a joke in his act and this maybe applies and maybe it doesn't where there was a guy who was arrested for fucking a horse. <laughs> and he says to be arrested for fucking a horse means you were warned many, many times. <laughs> so Drake Younger was warned many, many times. He had had referee stuff taken away from him. He had the booking of extra talent stuff taken away from him. He had, you know, all these things slowly and slowly taken away from him before he just no longer had a job. So if he was released by himself, as you say, trumpets blaring, this huge announcement that we're getting rid of this piece of crap, that would have embolstered him and empowered him to become this martyr and make him stronger in that QAnon weird conservative religious world that he is now going to attempt to be a star in. Because he was released as a group of eight or nine people, he's just a group of eight or nine people. Do you and I know that they release these other people to do this as a camouflage to rob him of that power on his way out? I wasn't told this, but I would almost say, certainly say that's the reason why. Um, hopefully this allows Drake Younger to just fade into obscurity. We never hear his name again. We never see his face again. I know he has that wrestling show that he keeps advertising that's taking place in Florida sometime next month that has him... And Larry Zabisco's kid and Matt Morgan and low-key on it. I hope that's the only wrestling booking he ever gets. I know that he has been calling people looking for bookings. And I know for the most part they've been telling him no. There's going to be some promoter out there. I saw some dickbag on like a Facebook group say, If booked the right way, Drake Younger could be the biggest heel in the history of independent wrestling. That's a stupid person who said that. And that's not a person who I would ever want to converse with or even know that they exist. And the fact that I know that they exist is bad. Mm -hmm. Now, a bunch of the stuff that Drake has done and has said and so forth um, has come out from this. And obviously no names attached to it. Um, It's been heavily alluded to that one of the guys that got released that Ezra Judge was the one who threatened to kick Drake's ass over all of this. Mm -hmm. And that might be the reason why he was released as well. You know, we have to have, like, a zero-tolerance policy for this sort of thing. But um, Bix, aforementioned, get a lot of time here on the show. You know, uh, I know he listens. Let Ed be on between the sheets (laughs) for that Dude Love uh, debut. But uh, him, Bix, being on that QAnon Anonymous podcast, going through, like, what the duties of a WWF referee is, and it's one of those things, like maybe as a wrestling fan or smart wrestling fan or whatever you want to consider yourself, sometimes you take for granted what the actual duties of a WF referee is, and you know, uh, you know, obviously it's counting the pinfall, being involved in the in the match in some sort of way, um, relaying messages back and forth to people who are in the gorilla position, you know, going to breaks and stuff like that. But also, your job as a referee is the safety and well-being of the people wrestling in the ring. If someone gets hurt, the referee is supposed to be there to check on them and relay that message to medical or backstage that this person is hurt. It's them to make that decision. If somebody gets cut open, it's the referee's job to begin that process of putting on the gloves and closing the cut and that sort of thing. And when you have someone like Drake Younger, who a majority of your staff and your wrestlers do not trust and he is now put in that position of power where your physical well-being is up to him. That's a huge liability. Mm-hmm. Um, So I'm shocked that it took this long for WWE to get rid of him. There was a story that came out with all this that at last year's uh, NXT in your house, Triple H had this big meeting where he talked about yeah. racial religious equality to which drake collected all of his
1: stuff and stormed out of the meeting yeah like and like made a thing of it like like sighing right. and like oh oh ridiculous like that and, type of attitude and loudly and
0: publicly attempting to shame people who got the vaccine when the company he works for is doing a public push for people to get the vaccine like he should have been fired after the NXT thing in your house last year The fact that it was allowed to go on this long is ridiculous, but at least he's gone. I I never have to worry about him being rehired. He's gone. Velveteen Dream is just the cherry on top of all this. He's been off TV for the better part of what, four months? Five months and the stories coming out about him of how difficult he was to work with, how during the pandemic era of taped shows, he would throw temper tantrums and have to have matches retaped because he fucking sucked. <laughs> I hope he's gone forever, too. Yeah. Uh, And I hope just because these two people are gone, that does not stop you, the actual wrestling media, the next time that you're on a World Wrestling Entertainment conference call, you know, like the one that's probably coming up to promote NXT TakeOver in your house on June 13th, that you question Triple H as to why Velveteen Dream, if there was never a problem. If every time that we brought this up, you said that there was no thing and you would mock and make light of the people that accused Velveteen Dream of doing these things. Why now he's being released? Also, why after all of these things and all of these complaints and all of these incidents that Drake Younger did, why now did it take you this long to let this man go from a job? Do not let Triple H go. Don't say, yay, they're gone. Hold his goddamn feet to the fire. Make him answer why they attempted to ignore this for the last year plus. But that's my like.
1: Yeah. And just a uh, real quick you mentioned the the shitty tweet or comments of, you know, make Drake the next biggest heel on the planet type deal. Uh, I also saw in response to, I believe, Pro Wrestling Insider was the one who tweeted out first the Velveteen Dream deal, like seeing all of the replies to that tweet of like people tweeting the Cody gif with his hand to his ear and stuff like that. And like, I, oh, I can't I, I really hope he goes to New Japan or something like that. And I just hope that those people are just blissfully ignorant of, like, the circumstances around uh, Velveteen not being on TV. But if they're not ignorant and they just still want to see this guy go to their favorite promotion, oh, I hate wrestling fans, man, if that's the case.
0: (laughs) I don't want to say that I hate all wrestling fans, but I would say that any—I would never read the replies to a tweet like that. But uh, I can only imagine how
1: dumb those people are. Yeah. All right, I'm up. Yeah, I'll go next. You know what, Joe? I'm gonna go with the palate cleanser. I'm gonna go with a like. And this is from AEW Dynamite: John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus the Acclaimed and everything around it. And I say that because prior to the match, we got to see a backstage, uh, I guess, parking garage. Interview with Mox and Kingston, where basically uh, Eddie Kingston explains to Moxley that uh, they claimed uh, they're rappers, or one's a rapper, the other one's a rapper's friend. Right. Well, I- thoroughly enjoyed that obviously max's rap where he says that renee is slipping into his mentions hitting him up for some oral sessions uh i thought that that was just great max's raps are awesome i try to even if i don't watch the youtube stuff i try to seek out you know those entrances uh and obviously right after he delivered that line there's a wide shot where eddie is like air quotes, holding back John Moxley, but you could tell he had this giant smile on his face. I think he was cracking up. Uh, and then, obviously, fun match. Uh, Kingston and Mox win it, but uh, after that, Eddie Kingston finally gets to steal the Young Bucks sneakers, so good for him. I'm glad he finally got them. But uh, if I was a lame indie fan, I would chant all these guys, but uh-huh. I won't. I'll just say that that was uh, one of my likes this week. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, obviously, this there's a match that was heavily hyped. Um, you know, Max, uh, had his separate diss track that went up on YouTube and I think they played on, uh, Elevation or Dark or both, you know, leading this up and I'm like, oh, Eddie and John are going to kill these guys. It's going to be great. (laughs) Um, and it was a little bit more competitive of a match than I think it, uh, should have been, but that's just me. Uh, I'm an Eddie Kingston stan and fan and Homer or whatever it is. And the bit at the end of the show of... Eddie stealing the Young Buck sneakers was fantastic, and I don't know if you saw Santana tweeted at him that he said that he's got a hookup who could unload those for him. Oh, nice! <laughs> and Eddie replied, he's like, "I don't know what you're talking about. That wasn't me." He said, that was "Someone that looked like him who stole the sneakers." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this whole stuff was great. Not in my likes. No.
1: Uh, well, you're not as big of a Eddie Kingston fan as I am, I guess.
0: Obviously not.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: obviously not. Um, so I'll you know what let me go with um, a dislike here just so I can end with a like I guess this might double up with you I don't know um, as we were all uh, led to believe and rightfully so uh, World Wrestling Entertainment presents WrestleMania backlash this past weekend was a one match show mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: and that one match was really really good um, again but you know there's another match that might have bumped it out and you'll be shocked to hear. Uh, but there was uh, – I, I ended up having to watch another match on, on the show because I'm like, I need to watch this. I'm like, was this as bad as everyone is saying it as it is? And, and it was. And that would be Damian Priest versus The Miz in a Lumberjack match. Now, I know, Adam, on paper you're going to say, I have absolutely no interest in that match whatsoever. <laughs> what if I told you, Adam, that match was sponsored – by the new hit Zack Snyder film, Army of the Dead, starring Dave the Animal Batista.
1: Oh, release the Snyder cut of Army of the Dead.
0: (laughs) Right, but what if I also told you, Adam, that Dave Batista did a video promo saying that he was going to send some friends of his to the Thunderdome to, I guess, participate in the match? I don't know what the hell it was. (laughs) Um, so, so much so that I don't think Batista knew what it was going to be when he recorded the video, because Mm. as the match was happening and people were tweeting at Batista, like, what the hell did you do? (laughs) And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I think you need to tweet at Vince McMahon, not me. Um, but the, the, uh, lumberjacks were zombies, um, or, uh, performance center, uh, people dressed as zombies. Um, I okay. Um, I know Bruce is very tired. Mm-hmm. I've seen him on all the documentaries. He looks like he gets his three hours of sleep a week, and that's only if he turns his phone off and he ignores Conrad's calls. Um, and I'm sure someone pitched this to him, and I'm sure, um, the ghost of Vince McMahon had no say in the matter. <laughs> um, I could see someone saying that this might have been a good idea on paper. Uh, But it's not as bad as everyone says that it is, but it was still pretty bad. Um, I know we're supposed to suspend our disbelief when it comes to the world of sports entertainment, but when actual PC people are, like, tweeting out the makeup process of all this, like, I don't know if you're going to have us believe that it's real zombies, like, when we know it's not real zombies, and I know WWE is making movies, pal. Mm-hmm. Um... Not bad, more stupid than anything else, and more short-sighted than anything else.
1: Now, Joe, I want to read to you verbatim what I wrote in my notes for my second dislike this week. All right. It says, zombies? Question mark? I don't know. I didn't watch it. It sounds lame. That was the extent of my second dislike this week. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) I did not watch it. I had intentions of skimming through WrestleMania backlash. Um, But uh, I I only watched the main event more on that maybe shortly. But, uh, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. And I'm seeing some people talking about that, oh, it's not as bad. And, you know, the fact that you're even talking about it means that it had to be okay. No, no. I'm not, like, ever watching it. And uh, I think we are... Very, very close uh, to having like wrestlers mid match doing product placement. You know, like I'm not saying putting a logo on the ring or something like that uh, or the aprons because that's almost subtle. That's a UFC type of thing. I think at some point you're going to have like you know, AJ Styles, like, take a refreshing drink of Coca-Cola during the match and have the commentators put it over. I think that we're getting real close to that. Um, but this zombie movie plug is, uh, is a step in that direction.
0: You're like somebody slaps on a chin lock and then looks directly at the camera and plugs <laughs> their appearance
1: on a podcast or something. Sure. <laughs> you never know. All right, since we overlap there, we might overlap here, Joe. My other like this week is the one match from the one match pay-per-view. WrestleMania Backlash, Roman Reigns, Mr. Ua, High Chief himself versus Cesaro. Uh, This was, as I said, the only match that I checked out. Uh, I knew, obviously, going into this, Cesaro wasn't winning this match. Uh, And I actually watched this a couple days after I'd already seen my doubts being, you know, validated on Twitter. So I knew what I was getting, but I still wanted to check it out. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Joe. Cesaro's very, very good at wrestling. I heard. I heard. Yeah. And uh, Roman Reigns, uh, okay at wrestling, but really, really good at this story that he's telling. I don't know if you're aware of that.
0: Uh, Also very aware of that as well. Yes, yes.
1: Uh, But I mean, obviously this match was all based around the fact that uh, Cesaro injured his arm. A lot of his offense was limited. I love the fact that at one point he does a hero comeback clothesline on Roman, you know, and obviously Cesaro selling it because he hit him with the, the bad arm. But I think Cesaro's like arm like right near the elbow joint started bleeding. I think he like had uh roman's veneers like take a bite out of him i thought that was funny but uh you know cesaro tries to whip out a corkscrew springboard uppercut it was met with an orange cassidy punch and obviously the finish where cesaro was unable to break out of the guillotine because you know he needs the strength of his weakened arm i thought it was just great storytelling i could have done without the uh seth rollins stuff at the end but I thoroughly enjoyed the match, even knowing, you know, exactly what was going to happen. So that's my other like.
0: Uh, Again, I like this match a lot, but there was another match I saw this week that I liked more. Oh, well. And we'll we'll talk about that now here in my likes. And I watched a lot of wrestling this week. I like wrestling. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm not going to say that I watched all of Dark Elevation, but I watched a lot of it. And I'm not going to say that I watched uh, AEW Dark, but I watched a lot of it, right? Mm. Um, And I watched NXT, and I watched uh, SmackDown, and I watched Dynamite, and I watched bits and pieces of Raw. Raw's real bad. Yeah. It's a, boring,
1: it's a boring show, you know? Yeah. I don't hear Impact in there. Did you watch Impact?
0: No, because Impact is on as we tape. So, like, sometimes, like, that's the thing that falls... To the wayside the most um did i mention that impact is mostly clips <laughs> um but my favorite match that i watched this week makes it in my likes and that would be from aew dynamite for the nwa women's championship red velvet taking on serena deeb okay holy shit was that a really good match now i would never say that i was going into that match with low expectations um, I'm not rating this with some sort of, like, rose-colored glasses because it's a women's match. When this match was announced, I'm like, oh, shit, that's gonna be a pretty goddamn good match. And then I watched it, and I'm like, holy shit, that was, like, way better than, like, I expected it to be, like, awesome, and it was, like, beyond awesome. It was fast-paced, it was smartly worked, um, it was probably Red Velvet's best showing, uh, not to say that she's had any bad showings, but I hope aew signs Serena Deeb it sucks that she's it i I think it goes to show how much um some of the undercard stuff in aew hurt with Serena Deeb being out for like the last three or four months due to injury um if she could stay healthy and have a match of this caliber or slightly less on a weekly basis on one of the many 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 aew shows that there are. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to do better to bolster your women's roster. You know, we talk here on the show how NXT claims and brags and so forth that they have the best women's roster in the world or the best women's wrestling in the world or whatever it is. Um, they should try to sign Serena Deeb away from NWA or AEW and kind of put a halt to any sort of forward momentum that the lower end of the AEW women's talent pool has. Because anyone that you could sit there and think who's a bad or just okay women's wrestler in AEW, you put them in a match or you put them in like a whatever with Serena Deeb and that's going to do like so much more to make them better and then make the next person, that person wrestles better and so forth. But go out of your way and watch that match if you didn't, because it was really goddamn good.
1: No, I agree. Very good match. I was also impressed by Red Velvet. You know, did not expect that out of her based on her previous appearances. I will disagree with you on just one quick thing. If Serena Deeb was signed by WWE, you know, congrats to her for making money, but I feel like she would get the Mickey James treatment, you know, maybe get a match or two and then never to be seen again. So if you want to see good Serena Deeb matches uh, going to WWE or NXT, probably not the best option. And I will say that I feel like six months ago, maybe, you know, we talked about, as you mentioned, NXT being the best women's division by a landslide. If they're still the best, I would say it's like fifty-one to forty-nine. You know, it's it's barely in that odds because uh, AEW's gotten a lot better. You know, with like obviously, you know, Serena Deeb and Sheeta and Tay Conti, the face of women's wrestling, and uh, the face, the face, <laughs> and uh, you know, like you mentioned, you know, just all those other people getting better around them. Uh, I don't know. I think AEW might have. I'm not gonna say the better wrestling, but maybe equal women's wrestling at this point, at least over the last like month. Right. So what I was saying was,
0: it's not like I think like oh WWE is gonna sign Serena Deeb and she's gonna have all these great matches.
1: You um, just want to be sabotage.
0: Yeah, it's just gonna be like we're gonna take her so she can't have great
1: matches somewhere else. Yeah, but then she just won't be allowed to have great matches anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my my concern. Well, Joe, we overlapped on a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, I just want to throw out two quick honorable mentions just to fill up some time here. If I had additional likes, I would just throw in the fact that there was that little exchange between your boy, Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko, where uh, Dean Malenko was called the man of a thousand holds. Malenko says, well, you still have four more than me. And then Jericho, uh, in a rare bit of honesty, looks depressed and says, I forgot a few. Uh, (laughs) Big fan of that. And I also want to say, uh, continuing the Brian Pillman Jr. Rehabilitation Tour uh, that keeps getting better and better. They gave the Varsity Blondes a cheerleader, so I'm here for that. But uh, Oh, yeah, she's
0: she's been with them for like two weeks now. You gotta watch AEW Dark, man. Nah,
1: but I, if it's not on national TV, it didn't happen yet.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: But those are my honorable mentions. Just want to throw that out there.
0: So, no homework this week because we do have real rumble, of course. We're going to both be uh real rumble friday and real rumble saturday excuse me
1: yeah.
0: um so we're both going to be indisposed this weekend not have as much time as we would typically have to get caught up on other things of course of course as we're going to both be working brother brother mm-hmm. um, plus you
1: have all those sweet soul kisses to give out
0: that's right that's deep right. soul
1: those, kisses i'm sorry
0: those deep soul kisses aren't going to give themselves out you know <laughs> Yeah. Um, but as I mentioned, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it here, if I mentioned it on Longbox Heroes After Dark or uh, I'll mention it here again. Um, you know, I, I'll do my best to seek you out. Um, I know the as we record, the ring is already set up, um, so there's going to be less work to do on Friday, but there's going to be more work to do on Saturday to break the ring down mm-hmm. before it gets nightfall, you know. Um, I will do my best to be as glad-handy and, you know, say hi and take pictures of everyone, and please do not be afraid or whatever to come up, Uh, obviously not while I'm, you know, Adam and I are commentating the matches, but, you know, there's plenty of time before, there's plenty of time afterwards, come up, say hi, be friendly, Um, assume Uh, I don't know you because your picture on Twitter or your name on Twitter is something that I don't know or don't recognize, and that's not what you look like in real person, and that's not what you call yourself in real person, uh, in real life or whatever, um, but I'm excited for the show, um, you know, it's a, it's a chance to get out, and, you know, everyone says a a return to normalcy, whatever, um, as much as something called Dan Day can be considered normal, (laughs) Uh, But Mahoning uh, or LVAC, Mahoning Drive and whatever did put something up stating that Orange Cassidy, Bryce Rumsberg and the rest of the Real Rumble roster will be available for photo ops and there will be plenty of merch to purchase. So uh, be that as it is, um, you know, there's going to be opportunity to get a chance to meet all of your favorite LVAC and uh, Real Rumble type folks there. Uh good wrestling planned, there's surprises planned, a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long, long time that I'm looking forward to seeing in every way, shape, or form. So I'm excited for this weekend, Adam.
1: Yeah, me too. I mean, obviously we haven't been to a wrestling show since the last Real Rumble, and that was back in August, right? Correct. So again, feels like forever ago. Uh, I wanna get out, I wanna see a lot of the folks that you know you had mentioned. I want to meet some new people. I want to watch some wrestling. I want to call some wrestling. And uh, I want to watch some movies. I'm excited for this.
0: And there's still time as you uh, listen to this to get your tickets in advance. Uh, If you buy both nights in advance, you get a free shirt that's there. And if you've seen, there's been so much imagery out there that LVAC has been putting out there for Real Rumble. There's one that looks like the match announcement posters, but like one is the Friday shows and the other one is the Saturday shows that image on a white shirt uh, is your free shirt. So definitely, and I'm sure they're going to have those for sale. I saw LVAC post up. I forget who's actually doing the shirt, but I know LVAC is the one who's printing it and distributing it or whatever, but there's like a real cool. They live shirt.
1: Yeah. I saw the one that has like the movie poster collage and it's like,
0: that's a badass shirt.
1: Yeah, like, when are you ever going to have the opportunity to have a shirt that has, like, Roddy Piper and, like, Mick Foley and The Rock on it, you know? And, like, it's a great little collage. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Definitely Uh, get that merch table.
0: Yep. Get that merch table. Get pictures of everyone. Say hi to everyone. Do all that sort of shit this weekend. Uh, And, like I said, not just me, not just Adam, but, you know, hella stacked cards, too, man, you know? Yeah. So, uh, we have that out of the way, uh, we'll get some other plugs, but we have Dark Side of the Ring to discuss.
1: Yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, MDK night was last week.
0: Right, so as I mentioned before, I listened to a bunch of Dan Champion doing his promotion (laughs) for LVAC this week, I also listened to a bunch of Nick Gage, uh, on other podcasts this week as well, a lot of that stuff kind of rolled out after the, uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode, but you know, you're the uh, newbie, I guess, to some of this Nick Gage
1: stuff. would you think? Yeah, absolutely. Did you enjoy it? All that sort of thing. I definitely enjoyed it. I feel like uh, Nick Gage is one of those guys that I've probably heard all of these stories, either secondhand or on another podcast, but I don't think I've seen the footage of any of this stuff. You know, I think my experience with the David Arquette match was in GIF form or in like 30 second clips on YouTube or uh, Twitter. So a lot of this was new to me. Uh, I knew about the going to prison, but I had no idea that he nearly died. No correction, that he did die during a cage of death match and uh, tournament of death, but yeah, tournament. Oh, sorry. Tournament of death match. I did not know that. Um, so that just sick, sick shit. I will not watch Sharpies. I should have been warned. I should have known going into a Nick gauge uh, dark side of the ring that there would be lots of Sharpies. Um, But yeah, man, I really like this. I I thought Nick Gage came off as a very sympathetic guy, but still comes off as a badass. Like, you know, he somehow managed to let down his guard at times, but still seem like a scary motherfucker. Um, And then obviously, you know, you got to feel for him because, you know, all the shit that he's gone through between like what he's experienced and living, being homeless and, you know, losing his brother after being estranged for so long. Um, Again, A lot of stuff that I have never been exposed to visually. uh, Stuff that I've heard about before, but uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think this falls into, I mentioned last week, there's going to be stuff that I know everything about, like the Pillman, and there's going to be stuff that I know nothing about, which is a lot of the uh, upcoming episodes. This one fell right in the middle, but uh, I did enjoy it a lot.
0: Yeah, um, it's crazy to see Nick Gage alongside, like, Brian Pillman, Ultimate Warrior, Dynamite Kid, like guys that were on national TV for years and years and years. I think that just goes to show how big of a deal uh, the reach of what Nick Gage's story is. Um, You know, and it's someone that I've shared a car ride with. It's someone that I've been on shows with. It's someone that I've called matches with. And like, here it is. And he's got a, you know, a TV documentary about his life. Mm. Um, All that stuff. You know, I knew I saw very intimately you know the ups and downs of his career. um I'm surprised they got so much into how kind of bad he got when they showed the clips of his match that he had with his brother, where his brother just kind of like beat the shit out of him in a match yeah um for the c z w title. That is one of the more infamous moments in c z w history, and i obviously I'm gonna assume prior to this. They did not include this, um, or they did not film stuff for this, or they did not get talking head stuff for this. But that match that they showed, if you remember, where like Gage is like, oh, I, like, I ended up getting my shoulders separated, I was in a bad place, and all that sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So that match, what ends up being so bad and so poorly received by the live crowd, later on in the evening, they call an audible and decide to give the rocket ship push to a young up-and-coming star that had just debuted for CZW, maybe like a show or two before, and that was kind of like the beginning of his deathmatch stardom, and that was Drake Younger. Oh, what a terrible
1: sequence of events.
0: (laughs) Right, but that's the thing. At the time, it wasn't. It's become a terrible sequence of events in the last, like, year or two. Um, (laughs) But obviously, you know, if the world was different, they probably could have had a normal human drake younger be a part of this documentary and talk about nikki and everything else like that um and as you mentioned of course talking to the girlfriend Sandra, who i've met a couple times at gcw shows uh talking about the stuff with his mom uh passing away and you know if you have the chance and you have the opportunity to get out there uh nick was on ron funch's podcast this week and chris van leet pro- podcast this week and I know I'm mispronouncing that uh but it's a, if you enjoyed the uh the Nick Gage dark side of the ring and you wish there was more you wish stuff was fleshed out a little bit more and got a little bit more time to breathe uh listen to those podcasts and you're going to get more
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, just to stay on topic of Nick Gage, uh, I hope you saw the cameo that was commissioned by a friend of the show Justin <laughs> Summers.
0: <laughs> I certainly did.
1: Uh, <laughs> just wishing uh Broski a very happy birthday.
0: <laughs> I I offered um I offered to uh throw Justin a couple bucks on that, but yeah. when they told me that a Nick Gage cameo is only 25 bucks, I'm like, ah, oh, you got this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, But uh, I don't know if you just saw recently on even though he's on goddamn vacation and should be spending time with poor Chelsea. Maybe this is a nice distraction for poor Chelsea. uh, The newest item in the uh, major wrestling figures pro wrestling tees (laughs) store shirt. I did not. The gold and purple MDK shirt. Oh, the Tolf collectors shirt.
1: Oh jeez.
0: <laughs> so, uh I I don't no, know Brodsky. if this do Broski tip in his hand that the inevitable match between him and Nick Gage is going to happen. Um but I would certainly bet that that is going to happen.
1: Oh, oh no. <laughs> Take the L, Broski. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. broski
0: sometimes when he tries to do these like work shooty things like he's doing with ec3 Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um i think broski's kind of like a little too smiley even if you can't see his face you can kind of hear the smiling in his voice of like i'm having so much fun working all this you know
1: yeah yeah oh i'm sure he's gonna have a big smile on his face when there's a fucking pizza cutter in his mouth
0: Yeah, I'm sure Broski will be okay. I hope he just doesn't make any sudden movements
1: during the match.
0: (laughs) And he'll be fine.
1: All right, I'm holding it to that.
0: So next up, uh, we have Collision in Korea. And again, I'll be honest with you, this is probably the thing on Dark Side of the Ring that I know the least about. Uh,
1: Go ahead. I was just going to say, I know the following two things, that it was in Korea and that there was a collision. That's all I know, so yeah, we're good. Right,
0: obviously the political co- climate in Korea made this a very interesting show to put on. This was a joint pay-per-view uh, between uh, WCW and New Japan. There was a lot of cross-promotional matches, but the, as I understand it, the dark side of the ring is less about the matches themselves. And more about the political machinations that made this show happen and what was going on as the event was happening and people were holed up in hotels and couldn't contact their families and so forth.
1: Hmm. I'm glad that we're finally at a point in wrestling where we don't have to have, like, our talent stranded in countries at the like the will of, like, despots. You know, I'm glad that we're finally past that. You know, oh, we you live. Finally. Finally. Yes, we're finally in a society where, you know, we don't have people in a hostile country, you know, where there's like a, you know, a dictator or a prince or something like that that can decide their fate. You know, I'm glad that we're not there anymore.
0: Fine. Yeah. The more, the more things change, the more they stay the same, maybe, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I think uh, plug skis.
0: Uh, yeah, so, of course, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, uh, a.k.a. independentwrestling.tv. TV um use our promo code at odds if you're a new subscriber it might give you five days it might not give you five free days i don't know it'll at least give us some sort of credit to let jerry know that we directed you uh to his site uh if you can't be at real rumble this weekend uh they do have a bunch of live stuff going on paradigm pro and no peace underground have shows on friday and h2o matt tremont's promotion And something called Mr. Chainsaw Pro is also on Saturday Um, I'll say that this happening There were attempts to maybe get Real Rumble One of the two nights on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium live streaming But obviously those things fell through Um, I did what I could working on both parties to get it to happen But maybe next time, maybe next
1: time I was worried that you were big timing them and like holding out for more money for your like licensing rights. You're like Jesse Ventura.
0: No, listen, have I, I you know, we're talking about it. Have <laughs> I ever mentioned that story on here that when I left Chikara, it was suggested to me by no less than three people, maybe four that I should have went and like done what Jesse did and incorporated like my name and my likeness and all that other stuff. Cause You know, Chikara is real big on, like, owning all of the stuff that they do, especially, Mm -hmm. like, from a certain point. Um, That's why, like, a lot of people, when Chikara fell and they're out there on their own, they all have new names. They still have the same looks, but they or like, slightly altered looks. But, like, guys like Mantis, who's been Mantis his whole life, or Eddie Kingston, who's been Eddie Kingston his whole life. But there was, like, a certain cutoff where, like, if your character or whatever debuted at this point, you know chikara owns a piece of it or owns it outright whereas i don't think leonard f chikara's was ho- leonard f chikara's and was high on the list of things for chikara to incorporate incorporate and copyright and all that other things but i was suggested by people to do that so that yeah. quack would need to pull all the stuff off of the chikara topia and all that other jazz and like i thought about it for a hot minute But I'm like, no, because that's going to screw up, like, all the other people that are there. And then that's going to be, you know, because they wouldn't, like, re-edit the shows to take my voice or my likeness or my name out. They would just take all those shows off, which is a lot of shows. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not fair to the other people. You know, I don't I don't bear the same grudge that other people have.
1: Or they just air without commentary and like fake crowd noise, something, something. like that. Yeah. No,
0: but that's no. So that's the thing. Um, they, the people that were working the Chikara side of the streaming service, wouldn't even do that because that would be too much work. They would just pull the shows.
1: No, oh, I got you. Well, I, I was just kind of thinking big picture, like, of what if one day all that footage ends up in a bigger library, like if if it ends up on the cock or something like that. You know that that's where I could see re-editing being done maybe i'm just thinking too big on this
0: yeah again you got to think how lazy most people involved in independent wrestling are when it comes to the technical side of things you know (laughs) yeah um but hey also check out our t public store where you can get shirts and cell phone covers and masks you know even if you're vaccinated maybe still wear a mask for a little bit longer at least um with our logos stuff inspired by this show uh over at our t public store just tinyurl.com slash longbox which is, you know, the mothership of the soon to be named network, whatever. Uh, 35% off uh, everything until Saturday there. And uh, again, of course, we have a bunch of direct relation and indirect relation podcast friends. Do we not, Adam?
1: Absolutely. Uh, those include, but are not limited to Final Wrestling Place. We need wrestling. Porch Talk had an all-new episode dropped today, and I have it under good authority. There may be a a supplemental episode recording this weekend. Uh, Oh, no. Yes. Uh, Wrestling Cheers, Pod Van Dam, Between the Sheets, The House Show Podcast, Viewer's Choice, The A-Show... And for those of you that don't listen to Longbox Heroes After Dark in the correct listening order, this Friday tune in so you can hear how your podcast partner, Todd, was added to a certain list that I am a member of. A list that a lot of people don't want to be on. So tune in and find out about that. He starts getting cardboard
0: cutouts of stuff in his house. I'm calling the police.
1: <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Let's hope that, not. Yeah. Yeah. That's it for the proper show, Joe.
0: All right, so uh, I guess thanks for listening, episode one thirty nine, uh, at odds with wrestling, and now it's time for weekly purchases
1: because I got a couple. Yay! Who? <laughs> well, I, as I mentioned last week, uh, I am done making purchases until Toy However, the caveat is I have to also be able to buy Funko Pops, because if Funko Pops come out and I need them, I need to buy them, so they're excluded. So the one thing I bought this week, uh, and obviously I will talk about some stuff left over from last week, but the one thing I bought, announced today, an Amazon exclusive, Roman Reigns, uh, featuring his current uh, Mr. Ooh, uh, you know, stack him and pin him look. Uh, I think he has the T-shirt that says, you know, arrive, wreck, stuff, and leave. So that went for sale today. I picked that up, used always the uh, Longbox Heroes click-through to acquire that. Because I heard you guys are, like, business partners. Is that true? Like, you're directly affiliated No, 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 no,
0: no. See, don't even joke about that. People got their shit pulled. And I had a fight back in January to make sure our shit didn't get pulled over this. Uh, No, no, no. It's just uh, an... uh, uh, um new, no no affiliation whatsoever um you know it's an uh, uh they call it an advertising fee oh okay yeah for us <laughs> directing you to their site no no come on
1: now don't don't, don't fuck around about that <laughs> i didn't realize it was such a serious matter but really? uh check check out that funko it's pretty awesome it's uh the big dog um so i picked that up today so what do you got joe
0: all right, well, I, like many other people that I saw tweeting out their pictures yesterday, I, I tweeted out the box that mine came in. Um, I was saving the actual picture for the item uh, next to my breakfast this Saturday morning at about 10.30 Eastern Time. Uh, because they said it was going to be available, and when it was, I was going to get it. And that would be my Everrise Rules coffee mug.
1: Oh. Is it the same exact one they use uh, on the show every week?
0: It is the same. It's not the exact same one. Oh, well, yes, that Chase Parker and Matt Martell uh, uh, put up to their supple lips. <laughs> but I would say that it's from the same skew lot as theirs.
1: Okay, nice. I uh, I might get one of those. I need a new new coffee cup. It goes right along. It goes right
0: alongside that uh, Dick Tracy one that I got from a uh, friend of the. Uh comic book show josh
1: oh well if that wasn't a gift from josh i would recommend you smash that but uh... no. <laughs> all right um uh, i will just throw out real quick here i purchased last week several uh different figures nothing really jumps out i bought a marvel legends winter soldier figure based on the falcon and winter soldier show uh and i bought star wars black series figures of boba fett and another Mandalorian figure, because I realized after I bought the carbonized, like, metallic Mandalorian, I did not have the standard, like, non-carbonized, and I needed that. So, uh, filled in a bunch of figure holes, so to speak.
0: Gotcha. Figure holes.
1: <laughs> holes in my collection.
0: Okay. I thought you meant, like, the holes in their feet so they could stand up on pegs. Oh, I'd have to open them out of the package to see that. That'll never happen. Touche. Yes. Uh, So the other thing that I got this week was a pre-order. It's supposed to be shipping sometime in June. Uh, And that would be from the Twitter account, which is a great Twitter account, WCW Worldwide. Uh, Not affiliated with World Championship Wrestling in any way, shape, or form. Uh, But he did put up a, I would say, an homage uh, Mm -hmm. shirt, replica, something or other of the for one of the first ever sting shirts uh you could either get in a white shirt or a uh a black shirt and it's it has like the pink scorpion on it and it says sting fatal encounter um i got me i pre-ordered me one of those what color i got the black one i'm a fat guy i don't wear <laughs> white clothes
1: <laughs> okay fair enough yeah i saw you tweet that out i was like oh that's pretty cool
0: yeah, yeah. So, I've pre-ordered that. It's supposed to come out sometime in June. Uh, I'm excited. I, I have too many goddamn shirts the way it is. I'll probably end up buying more shirts uh, when I go to LVAC, Real Rumble Friday, and Real Rumble Saturday this upcoming weekend. Uh, but, I don't know. I like shirts.
1: Yeah. No, I hear you. I I, I already have a couple shirts earmarked waiting for me at LVAC, so I, I'm in the same boat. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, one other thing that I purchased. I remember publicly trashing this item when it was announced. Uh, But, uh, well, maybe stay tuned here. Uh, Joe, we've talked before about the Transformers mashups. You know, they did, like, a Transformers Back to the Future DeLorean. And they did, like, a Transformers uh, Ghostbusters Ecto-1. Have you seen those before? Yeah. So I have all those. But a couple months ago, Hasbro unveiled or released... Uh, a crossover with the X-Men cartoon and it's like a, a Blackbird jet called the expanse. Did you see that? No, I did not. All right. So they announced that it was like 65 bucks. I was like, eh, I don't like it enough to spend 65 bucks on it, Joe, but you know what? I do like it enough to spend 30 bucks when it went on sale on target's website. There you go. Yeah. So I added that didn't really want it, but I love deals. So I got that, but, uh, Joe, if you have anything else, I have a main event here, finally. No, I got nothing else. That's it. Just those two things this week. All right. I finally broke down, and I bought the absolute last Marvel Legends movie prop that I did not own, Joe. I bought Stormbreaker, the Stormbreaker Axe. Okay. And now I am 100% complete with every Marvel Legends movie prop. Until those motherfuckers announced another one two days ago.
0: <laughs> I saw, I saw your tweet about that. Yes. Yeah.
1: I literally had Stormbreaker sitting on my front porch. I'm at work. I'm looking at it through my ring camera. I'm like, I can't get w- can't wait to get home and play with you. <laughs> and then I get a freaking alert from Hasbro saying, check out what's available for pre-order. And I'm like, oh, this should be a fun email to open. And what is it? A Marvel Legends Infinity Gauntlet, uh, but the Iron Man version, so the Hulk version. And now I need to friggin' buy that. It never <laughs> ends, Joe. It never ends.
0: <laughs> well, luckily you're on a spending freeze, so you can't pre-order it. When does the
1: pre-order go live? Oh, it, it, went, it they go live immediately. Oh, okay. Now, the thing with these props is, I'm gonna say, hold on, I'm knocking on wood here, uh, they don't sell out. So, like, you usually have about a year of availability before it dries up. So this can wait until after Toyahio, until, you know, after uh, everything kind of settles back down. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I thought I was done, but I wasn't, Joe. I was so excited to talk about Stormbreaker because I had teased it for weeks and weeks on this thing. Uh, But, no, I'm not done now.
0: So did they, is there a date of when uh, the Hulk
1: Iron Man Infinity Gauntlet comes out? Uh, the Hulk one's the one that's already out. This is the Iron Man version. So oh, it's like okay. a thinner, more flexible one and the gems are magnetized and can come out and stuff like that. Um, I, I think it just says coming soon, but usually it's about a month before they release. So, you know, maybe mid to late June.
0: So you do know. That mm-hmm. once that comes out, they're just going to announce the next one, right?
1: Don't do this to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I recognize that. No, every once in a while, there is one that I don't want, though. So I have skipped a couple. I skipped uh, the Black Panther helmet. I skipped the Star-Lord helmet. And I initially skipped the Ant-Man helmet, but I only picked that up because it was like 20 bucks on clearance at GameStop. So I got that for like 80 bucks off. Uh, but I never even opened it. Um, so there are a couple that I skipped. So there is a chance that after I get that other glove that maybe the next thing they announce I will skip. But who's kidding who? I probably won't.
0: So what's going to happen once they get the official licensee and they start putting X-Men stuff and Fantastic Four stuff in the Marvel Cinematic Movies and that just opens up two new, two new whole kettles of fish? for them to add stuff to these prop replica
1: things. I will tell you that I will not care. I am not a fantastic four guy. Really? An X-Men guy. Yeah. So I can't see any items. Like if you look at the mutants aside from Wolverine's claws, which aren't really a weapon per se, as they are a part of him. I don't think there's anybody who has like a, an accessory that they're, that's they're synonymous for. Cause they're kind of their powers is themselves. Same thing with Fantastic Four. Like, are they going to do a Dr. Doom helmet? You know, that's that's not me. I I have no emotional attachment to any of that. I think that if the next five years was dedicated to Marvel Legends props for X-Men and Fantastic Four, I'd say thank you to my wallet and uh, good day. You know, I'd be fine with that.
0: So on the Fantastic Four side, you have uh, the ultimate nullifier.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh you have on the X-Men side you have Cyclops's ruby quartz visor. Nah. And you have uh, Professor X's wheelchair.
1: Oh, like a full form wheelchair.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh you have a Magneto helmet.
1: They could do. Uh, uh See, There check you go. Checking on me. Checking on me again. It depends on, you know, <laughs> how cool Magneto is in the, in the MCU. I don't know.
0: And that's just off the top of my head. And like a a Doom replica mask or something, uh, I think is going to be like your first one out of the box, you know?
1: I would not want the mask of some C-rate Spider-Man villain.
0: Wow. Oh my goodness.
1: (laughs) That's a call. Uh, (laughs) Uh, A replica of Silver Surfer's surfboard? Oh, I could just steal that from my local comic shop. Okay. (laughs) You're not allowed to touch that though. Oh, that's just what the sign says.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to think what, it, like, you could probably get away with, like, some Alicia Masters, like, sculptures of things, like a bust of someone. They can get away with that sort of thing, you know? Uh-huh. Uh And I'm trying to think, is there, like, any sort of, like, scroll tech maybe they could throw in there?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel there. Like, you, you can't compare, like, some type of unnamed scroll tech to, like, Mjolnir or, you know... Uh an Iron Man helmet or, or a Cap's shield or Cap's other shield or Cap's third shield, you know, <laughs> there's no comparison there. Uh, so I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, a uh, a, a core MCU guy. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens when it comes. We'll, we'll revisit this again in a future episode of weekly purchases.
0: Right. Right. Oh, I think we got a while on this one. Yeah. But that's uh, all I got. Joe. Yeah. I think that's it. That's enough though. You know? Yeah absolutely thank you for listening episode 139 of ad odds with wrestling for adam this is joe again saying be safe enjoy some wrestling get the vaccine and i hope to see you this weekend at real rumble friday and a real rumble saturday